Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Come on, good to see you in church. Let's welcome those watching online right here, right now. It's cold outside, but it's hot in here. Oh, love you all. Great to see your faces. Let's give it over to the worship team. What a phenomenal job as always. Merry Christmas, everybody. You can grab your seats. We're going to jump into the Word today. Last week, we just talked about how this Christmas story is a miracle story. It shows us that God can birth the most beautiful of breakthroughs, even in the most broken of places. It's been a year unlike any other year, a year filled with hardship and frustrations, with fear, with discouragement. And yet God is still up to miracles. And I'm believing he has a miracle in store for you. Do you believe that? Are you excited to hear from heaven today? Because I've got something on my heart, but I believe God's got something on his heart that he wants to speak to your heart and do something new, do something amazing. I believe that if you came here with your faith on low, that he's going to fill you to overflow. Let's pray. Would you join me? Come on, those online, join me as well. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Never runs out on us. You're always right there for us. For those in the room, those online that are feeling maybe discouraged or deflated, frustrated with their situation, Lord, I thank you. You would speak truth, bring hope, bring a lasting peace. Lord, would you raise all of our expectations that you have something great in store for us, for our families, and for our future. We believe that there are miracles for us. We will not miss them. We're going to lean into them and hear from you. Lord Jesus, we love you and we celebrate you. It's your name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, as the chiefs are also in Miami, would you take us to Miami or bring Miami weather to Kansas City in Jesus' name as well. Amen. Amen. You know, when the world's at its worst, God's up to his best. 2,000 years ago, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, happened in the most unlikely of places to the most unlikely of people. The greatest gift came to those that people would not have expected for them to receive anything, especially not the ones that would bring in the King of Kings, our Savior, into the earth. 2,000 years ago, though, was right on time. God knew exactly what he was wanting to do and when he was wanting to do it. It would not have been our timing. It would not have been our choice. It would not have been the people involved. We would not have picked that. No one would have, but God knew what he was up to. 2,000 years ago was the plan and providence, and God had positioned humanity at the perfect spot for him to do something divine. You know, from the very beginning, God knows timing better than anyone else. God created time. The Bible says that God lives outside of time, and yet he's right in the middle of this time and space with us. From the very beginning, when the world started to go, started to go wrong and the fall of man, it's in Genesis chapter 3, God already said, I have a plan. God didn't have to rack his mind or, or he was not surprised by the problems and the plight of humanity. He had a plan. In fact, in Genesis 3, right at the fall of man, he says, born of a woman will come one that's going to crush the head of the enemy. He already knew what he had in store. To me, this builds my faith. To me, this encourages me because when I don't know what to do, I can trust the plan of God. When I don't know how, how God's going to show up or if this is even going to work, I can trust that God already has something in motion 
that's gonna show up in my life and in my world. So whatever frustration you're facing, I want you to build your faith today, believing if God had perfect timing in store for all of humanity, that he has perfect timing in store for where he wants to show up in your life and in your world. I know you're already, all, all of us are facing some sort of challenge and some sort of fear, some, some sort of frustration, but you can trust this, God knows what he's doing. God has picked a time and space and place for his power and providence to show up even in the midst of your problems. So when the world's going wrong, God already has a redemptive plan. 2020 seems like it's gone wrong. God already has a redemptive plan. Your life, your relationships, maybe your finance, maybe even your physical health is going wrong. God already has a redemptive plan and works. I want to speak for just a few moments today on miracles in the making. That there are miracles in the making all around us. And the Christmas story shows that some of them happen out of nowhere and some of them happen over time. But God always will do what he wants to do. And let me tell you what he wants to do in your life, Hillsong Church, is good. He wants to do good. He wants to do his will. His will is pleasing. His will is perfect. He wants to do his very best in your life and in your world. Now, there's some miracles we make up. You ever made up a miracle? You called something the hand of God would have nothing to do with God at all. Have you ever been shopping on the plaza this holiday season? You think it's a miracle that you have a parking spot. No, you don't. It's COVID. Nobody's out there at all. You're like, it's a miracle of your provision. God, I haven't run out of toilet paper since March. No, you were a hoarder. You were one of the ones that took it from the rest of us. You stockpiled in fear. It's a miracle. I got a PlayStation 5. No, it's not. You stole that from a kid at Walmart. You ripped it out of his hands. You made a miracle happen for yourself. Now, the miracles we all like the most are instant miracles. Some miracles happen in a moment. Some miracles are instantaneous. Let's build our faith. Maybe even online, you can join along. How many of us have experienced a miracle that when we prayed, something happened? Come on, raise your hand. Come on. Half the room here says there's been a moment where I believe for something. And in that moment, God showed up. Those are our favorite ones where his plan, providence, and power shows up in the beginning of a problem. When we pray, there's a, a, a solution. We see those miracles happen in the Christmas story. Something happens out of nowhere. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Suddenly, right, the angels show up. Suddenly, an angel showed up to Mary and had a, a plan of God, a plan of heaven for her life. Joseph doesn't know what to do. He goes to bed confused and frustrated because of the, the problems of the birth of Jesus, what it was going to create for him and his, his marriage. And all of a sudden, God speaks to him in a dream. Instantaneously, there's a, 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 a next step for him. There's a door open for him. There's a suddenly miracle. And these are our favorites, all of us. I believe in for suddenly miracles. You don't have room in your faith for a moment, uh, a moment for a miracle to happen. You need to expand your faith. You need to raise your expectation because God wants to do them and they still happen. And if you can't fit God's power into your mind, that's probably a good thing. I don't want to live with a God that I can fit within my logic or within my reasoning. It says in Isaiah 59, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. In other words, his hand still has power and his ears are still listening. I had a suddenly miracle moment in my life many years ago. Um, I was 15 years old. That's the most I can remember. I think I was 15. I think it was a Saturday. For whatever reason, I think my mom was out of town, probably on a missions trip, knowing my mom. 
Um, and, and my dad, I heard my dad like in pain upstairs. And so I made a sacrifice by putting down my video game controller for a moment, <laughs> just a moment. And I went upstairs and I saw my dad and he was hurting and he was kind of in agony. I'm like, dad, what's wrong? And he had some sort of sickness or some sort of infection. I don't know and remember what it is. Maybe he could clarify on the chat because I know my parents are always watching and supporting from a distance. But he said, would you pray for me? And uh, here I am at 15 and uh, I've been around my family as a, a family field of church leaders. And uh, we're professional Christians. Both of my brothers are also pastors. It's a genetic disorder in our family. And... And so I prayed, and I, I probably mumbled and, and messed up the words, but, but I prayed, and, and something happened. I didn't feel like an electric shock or power, but my dad began to get better from that moment on. So we went from maybe calling 911 to my dad being up and around the house that very day. That, that was a pretty powerful moment, and I remember it well. And I've had those moments happen. I've also had moments where I prayed for people and nothing happened. I probably should have used that moment for my advantage later on in my life when my dad wanted to ground me for something I'm like, Dad, why would you stop these hands of healing from going out into this, into this hurting world? Some miracles happen in a moment. They're instantaneous. Some miracles are unseen. I, I would bet that every single one of us, whether we're aware of it or not, we've had an unseen miracle somewhere where God's protection covered us. Somewhere where God sustained us in a struggle, where his provision showed up. We might be able to connect the dots in our mind and say, well, maybe that happened because of this. But, but maybe it was just God doing a divine work. Because what is a miracle? It's a supernatural moment. In other words, it's above our natural. And just because we didn't see it doesn't mean that God wasn't in it and God wasn't working through it. I think God sustains all of us. I think this has been a year of unseen miracles. You haven't seen how God kept you employed. You haven't seen how God helped you keep, keep providing for your family, even when you weren't employed. God protected your mind from all the anxious thoughts and all the problems that could happen. God provided for you in ways you did not know how and maybe did not see. I think every one of us should just glorify God for a moment for all the things that we didn't see that he still did because he's always good. Isaiah 41, it says, don't fear. God's going to and don't be dismayed. God will strengthen you. God will help you. He will uphold you. He'll hold you in place. That's a miracle when God keeps you in a place that you don't belong or did not deserve or the circumstances or criteria of your life or your world should have brought you down. God still held you up. I love this from Psalms 5 verse 12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. In other words, he doesn't just protect us from problems. There's favor all around our lives. So whether we see it or acknowledge it or not, God's at work in these unseen places. This has probably been a year where God went to work and you didn't even see it. And there's a third type of miracle that we're going to look at today. And that's when we're believing for it and it hasn't happened yet. What do we do in these moments of patience and persistence where we can get frustrated and want to quit. How do we keep believing when it hasn't happened yet? Because some miracles only happen when you refuse to give up and you keep looking to God as your source and your strength. When it didn't happen in a moment and it hasn't happened yet, what will you do moment by moment to position yourself for God still to go to work in that place? 
right after the Christmas birth story. I think it's still connected to the Nativity Christmas story because it happens just eight days later. We see someone have their God moment, promise fulfilled, miraculous encounter because of their persistence. And my hope today is that you would build your endurance and your persistence to keep believing even when you haven't seen it yet. I think this is an overlooked story. Luke chapter two, again, right after the birth of Jesus, eight days later, verse 25, it says, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting for God to liberate his people, to bring the nation, the kingdom of Israel back into a place of establishment of peace no more oppressors, no more people ruling over them. They, they, he wanted to see God's people free. It says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Now in his mindset, it's quite possible although that, that he'd been around a while, even through the regime changes that have happened over the years. Before the Romans were there, there was actually a, a, a small window of time where the Israelites, God's people, the people of Israel, had won their freedom against the Greeks. Very possible, most likely, that Simeon was alive during that time and knew what it was like for them to be at peace and in and freedom. And he had a mindset that almost all of Israel had, that God was sending a king and a king who would fight like the kings of the earth. That it would be like one that would rule, one that would reign, one that would go to war, one that would build an army, and one that would kick out the enemy. He was looking for like a general riding in on a horse to be the king of Israel. In fact, even 30 years later in Jesus' life, his own disciples still thought the same way. The whole uh, people of God, the, all of the Israelites thought that this was the way that God was going to work, that he was going to send a king. Little no, to, known to him is that God was actually going to send a child and a king unlike any other king. See, sometimes we're looking for miracles to happen our way, and God wants to do it a greater way. He was thinking about just Israel. God was thinking about all of humanity. So God's going to open his eyes to see a revelation that this is so much bigger than just the solution that you need. This is the solution that everyone needs. I'm not just going to fix your problem. I'm going to fix the world's problems. And if we keep persisting, Simeon, you'll see the miraculous hand of God. You'll see the promise fulfilled, but it's a bigger promise than you've known. I want to encourage some of you to get a bigger mindset when it comes to your miracle. You're thinking about what could God just do for you. We need to be thinking, God, what do you want to do through me? We're thinking about, God, I need you to meet this need. God says, no, I want to meet all the needs all around you. I want to do something greater than you could even contemplate or think in your own mind. He's looking for a better day. He's looking for a triumphant king. And yet God sends a child. Verse 27 says, moved by the spirit, he went to the temple courts like those in church today, you're very spirit-led people. That was supposed to be a joke, but I'm just glad that you're here. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. Sovereign Lord, you have promised 
as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, my life has fulfillment now that I have found Jesus. You have fulfilled every promise to me by sending Jesus into my life. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, to the whole world, and the glory of your people, Israel. What can we learn from this Jesus encounter? We learn from Simeon that there's sometimes miracles that take a long time. And yet when they show up, they are greater than you even expected them to be. That you were thinking, I need a solution for here. God's thinking, I need a solution for everywhere. You were thinking, I need one problem fixed. Jesus didn't just kick out the occupancy. He actually didn't do that. He came to rule and reign over the whole world. God's thinking, I want to do something global. You're wanting one need met. God wants to send the need meter into your life, I believe, to actually meet the needs of the world all around you. This is a, a miracle, a miracle in the making. There are miracles in making right now in your life. I, I believe that you're not going to miss the miracles. We talked about that last week. That you're going to have a heart ready to see, perceive, and lined up with the Holy Spirit to not only be in the right place, but to acknowledge the right opportunity that God wants to go to work in your world. God wants to go to work in your life. And not just to meet your needs, but the needs of the people that are all around you. Verse 25, it says about him, he's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, what? Who is righteous and devout. If you want a miracle in the making in your life, start living right, even for God does right in your life. I would say this, Go ahead and live differently now. I love that about Simeon. He didn't wait for God to fulfill the promise before he walked with God. He walked with God all the way and then saw God fulfill the promise. Don't wait for the power of God to show up before you live out the plan of God. Go ahead and do it now. It says that he was righteous and devout. Now, righteousness, according to that time and place, was living according to laws, rules, and regulations. The righteousness that we have because of the cross and the empty grave is a free gift of God's grace that we can readily receive. In other words, you don't have to be perfect to live out the plan of God. How many want to say amen for that this morning? God's been so good. But there is that word in there that says devout. In other words, he had a dedication, a consecration, a commitment to God's ways. Even when other people weren't doing it, it said he stood out from others by the way that he lived. He was righteous and devout. Go ahead and live differently now. Live as if God had already brought the promise to pass. Live your life as if he's already been good to you because he has. It says in Philippians chapter two, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault because this world is warped and crooked in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. What does that teach us? It says, if I live right, God will take care of my promotion. If I live right, if I don't fall into the culture of the world around me, we're not going to live perfect. We're going to need the grace of God. Sometimes we're going to need the mercy of God. But if I would live right, God would then elevate 
my life. Many of us are waiting for God to do the miraculous work, the job, the provision, the healing, the relationship. Then we're going to be right. It doesn't work that way. Real faith begins to follow God before we see that area of our life meet with the faithfulness of our God. They said it's about Simeon. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. One translation of that same verse says he was looking forward. He was looking forward, not looking back, the good old days of how it was when maybe he was growing up and Israel had freedom. No, he was looking forward for God's faithfulness to happen in his future. To me, it encourages us, if we're going to have miracles in the making in our life, to be calmly expectant. Anyone know someone who gets all excited about something and puts all their effort and energy into it in a moment, only to burn out when it doesn't happen instantaneously? Have anyone ever been excited about a business endeavor or even a hobby? This is me. I'm like, I'm addictive personality kind of guy. And if I get into something, I'm all in. But if I don't get what I want in the few, first few moments, I pull all out. I'm out. Like during COVID, I started playing golf because it's like the only thing you could do. And I was all in all the time. And I'm still not any good at all. And I got frustrated. And instead of working on it, and getting better over time, I just expect exalts to happen immediately. God's looking for endurance. There's something about faithfulness that God loves and God rewards. What we see about Simeon is he's, he's devoted to keep looking, expecting, believing, even when it hasn't happened yet. I would say it for you in your life. What I'm asking of you, I think God's asking of you. When it hasn't happened yet, keep leaning in with anticipation. Keep looking forward. Be calmly expectant. The Greek language there is much richer and deeper than ours. There's all sorts of different Greek words that we would translate and have been translated in our Bible as look. There's to look. There's to look up. There's to look away. There's to look upon. There's looking in. There's looking at something intently, to look over something carefully. Those are all different Greek words that we would just translate into our English language as look. But the word for looking forward to the consolation of Israel, looking forward to the promise of God's plan, that word there literally means to be waiting forwardly. This is our faith. That although we are waiting we're waiting and moving forward. Although it hasn't happened yet, I am not sitting back with my arms crossed, waiting for God to work, and then I'll step in. No, I'm already leaning in. I am calmly expectant. I am ready for what's next, but I'm not waiting for the door to open to be leaning in in anticipation. Uh, I think waiting forwardly might be poor grammar, but it's a great way to live your life. Waiting forward. Even though I'm waiting, I'm not waiting sitting down. I'm waiting stepping in. What area of your life have you been waiting and resting and wanting God to work out there, but you haven't been leaning and expecting and walking forward? God is looking for you to be on the front foot of faith. Those are the kind of people that were doors open, I believe, even supernaturally in your life. Are those that are believing big, but still being obeying small. If you can obey in the small and expect in the small, I think you will see God do the big in your life and in your world. One other thing I see about Simeon, 
helps us grab a hold of the miracles that might be in motion for our life is he's living his life with his eyes wide open. He, he, he's wanting to see what God wants to do. Live with your eyes wide open. What do I mean by that? I'm not talking about your actual physical vision. I'm talking about your spiritual vision. And more than I'm talking about your eyes, I'm talking about your heart. The Bible talks about, Jesus says, there's the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart. That you're actually in anticipation of seeing something in here before you see it out there. And Simeon got to see something that no one else that was around the temple saw but him because he had this spirit of faith that could see things the way that God sees things. Psalms 119, the psalmist says, open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. You could read the word law there and you could put in word. God, your words and your ways, they're my life. They're my sustaining strength. This is the way that I live. But I don't want to just read words and see your regulations or rules. No, I want to see those words and I want to see your wonderful ways. I love how the message paraphrase says it. Open my eyes so I can see what you want to show me of your miracle wonders. This is what I want you to get. If you want to build your faith that is moving forward with your eyes wide open, you need to start seeing the word of God the way that God intended it to be. It is not just a story. It's an invitation to understanding his character. It's not just a revelation about him. It's about a revelation for his love for you. It's not just what he did at Jericho or what he did against Goliath. It's about him bringing giants down in your life and making barriers and bondages that have held you back fall and hit the ground. So when you begin to look into the word, you want your eyes open in here to see, God, if you did it for them, could you do it for me? Because it reveals to us not just his character, but how much he cares for us. Don't wait till January 1 to start a new Bible reading plan. Start even today. Start reading the word of God and asking God, open my eyes to see what does this mean for me today? Not just what it said. Of course, we would love to work things within the context of the word in that time, in that season. But it's all about revealing to us the character of our God and how much he cares for his people. And guess what? Because of the cross, you're one of his people. You're one of his family. You're a son and you're a daughter. And the, your heavenly father gives perfect gifts to you. And I hope that he opens your eyes even before Christmas to see the miraculous things that he has done, is doing, and wants to do. And begin to raise your expectation, not to an understanding of the word, but to a miraculous opportunity for his word to go to work in your inner world and accomplish what he's always been wanting to do from the time that he created you and designed you. Simeon saw what no one else could see because his eyes opened in his heart of what God was wanting to do. Think about all the delays, all the frustrations, all the fatigue of 2020. How many know it's been real? If you're having a jolly good time in 2020, help me. Because I've had to dig into the recesses of my faith. I, in many ways, I've got to empty the tank in my faith just to keep proclaiming God's goodness. I'm glad, though that we're still here, we're still praising, and we're not going to stay here much longer. Where God wants to take your life is so much bigger than your current status. But it requires like Simeon that we have this enduring faith to believe that God will make good on his promise even when you haven't seen it yet. What I think I learned about Simeon is not only does he keep his eyes open, 
Because if he was just looking for a king like he had in his mindset, a triumphant king or a general, he would have missed his encounter with the Christ. He has his eyes open and then he has his arms extended. Keep your arms extended. We get this picture as you read that he takes the child and he lifts him up. His arms were open to receive what God wanted to give him, even if it wasn't in the package that he thought it would come in. Keep reaching out for God. Our baby girl, Goldie, she's eight months old. And it's amazing to me. It's my third go around on kids. I mean, I haven't lost the other two. We still have them as well. Uh, but we have a third. And, um, and I'm starting to see when she wants to grab for something, because her motor skills are starting to develop. And she wants to grab for something that she wants. If it's a good thing, like not a harmful thing. Um, the other day, uh, one of us, I'm not going to say who in our marriage, but it wasn't me, uh, <laughs> left like a kitchen utensil. Um, and she grabbed it. It could have been quite dangerous. It wasn't a knife. Calm down. It was scissors. Uh, <laughs> and I saw it and I removed it because that's not what should be in her hands. And it just was a moment and she was safe because I'm a great father, fully attentive. <laughs> good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. But if she's reaching for something that's beneficial, maybe it's a teething ring or a bottle or food or a toy, how many know I'm helping her? But I don't know if she wants it unless she reaches for it. I know it's good for her, but I don't know if that's what she wants to grab until she begins to learn to extend her hand. The same way. God knows exactly what you need and when you need it. But God looks for us to be activated in our faith. What are you reaching for right now? This has been a year where it's been easy to sit on your hands and sit back and just protect yourself. But God is looking for a people, a people of faith, a people to do miracles in and miracles through that are reaching out to the fullness of the future and the plan that he wants to work through your life and through your world. Listen to this, faith is not a currency that you're using to buy something from God. Faith is a posture of reaching out for all that God is. And your perfect father wants to give you the things you need to fulfill your future and the plan that he's prepared for you. But he's looking will you, for you. Will you keep looking and will you keep reaching? Simeon was ready to embrace all that God had in store for him, whatever it looked like. He lived well. He listened well. He waited well, he expected well, and he saw the fulfillment of the promise of heaven in his life. Ultimately, we see that Simeon has a revelation in the moment that he grabs Jesus, that this miracle, this gift, this king is bigger than just a promise to me. He says it is a light of revelation to the Gentiles. In other words, it's not just for the glory for me, Simeon. It's not just for me to know Jesus. It's not just for the glory of God for Israel. This is for the whole world. I think God is wanting to do unexpected, unbelievable, undeniable miracles in your life, in your hand, that are so much bigger than you. This is why your faith, although it is a personal responsibility to keep it fueled up and to keep moving forward and to calmly live with an expectancy and an anticipation of God's goodness, your faith isn't just about you. It's about all that God wants to do. His grace through you, his love through you, his forgiveness through you, his provision through you, his power working through you. It's bigger 
than you. And we see in the moment of opportunity and the fulfillment of the promise that Simeon holds Jesus close. We have an opportunity every day to do what Simeon was living his whole life to receive that promise. You have a promise from God. He'll never leave you or forsake you, that he's with you always, even to the ends of the age. You have a promise that he's with you in the hard times. He's with you in the storms. He's with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You have Jesus to embrace at every moment. And the more you embrace him, you might not have all the things in your hand that you had when you started this year, but you'll have everything you need to fulfill your destiny in Christ when you hold Jesus close. We're coming to the end, 11 days or so of Advent season. Advent, technically not a biblical thing. It's a fourth century church thing, but it's a beautiful thing. It means to be waiting in expectation. Before Jesus' birthday, we're in Advent, in waiting for the Messiah. Now we are in waiting for his return. We're leaning in, knowing that this world is so broken, it needs someone to come and fix it. So God's given us, the church, a responsibility in the here and now to be proclaimers of light, to be salt on the earth, to love people, to bring God's message to the whole globe. But also we're still in waiting for him to come and finalize and heal and restore and renew and redeem. And he is at work. We're waiting. But there is a gift do not have to wait for. And it is the difference maker in Simeon's story, and it will be the difference maker in your story as well. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Read that passage in Luke 2. Every step of the way, the Holy Spirit's involved. It says the Holy Spirit once revealed to him that there's a bigger dream for his life. God made a promise to him by the Holy Spirit. You're going to see the Messiah. The Holy Spirit led him to the temple that day. He was under the direction of the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit was on him. And then the Holy Spirit revealed to him which child, which person was this Messiah King. The Holy Spirit empowers him to begin to prophesy and declare that this gift is so much bigger than I can even know or fathom. And the miracle in the making in your life starts with you receiving the fullness of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus in Acts 1 says there's a gift coming from God. It's the Holy Spirit. He says, wait for it. In other words, there's going to be some waiting because he's working. Wait for the gift that I promised you. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay committed. Stay devout. Stay leaning in because there's an outpouring of my spirit for you. And just like John baptized with water, you will be baptized, submitted, submit, submerged in the Holy Spirit. Wait a few days, he said. Could have been 30, could have been 40. We know Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection. But there was a waiting season. But God made good on his promises. In the same way, I don't know how long you've been waiting. 30 days, 30 years. God will be good to his promises. But there is a gift you need activated in your life, in your world. If you're going to be in the right place of preparation, of anticipation, and of expectation of God's best working in your world, you need the Holy Spirit. Many of us have received the gift of Jesus, that what we celebrate at Christmas. But have you really leaned into the presence of heaven speaking to your life? 
A miracle in the making is not a process. It's not a step one, two, three, or four. Although I gave you some things that you might need to activate in your daily life, the miracle in the making isn't a process. It's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. And the one you need now to lead you to what God has next is already here. Many believers are not living with the fruit of the Spirit because they're not living connected and committed to the Holy Spirit. You're not living with the peace that surpasses understanding because you've discarded the Holy Spirit. You need Him speaking. He put Simeon in the right place so that the promise could be fulfilled. And in the same way, God does not want to lead you down a mysterious path to nowhere. No, He wants to put you in the right place at the right time by His Spirit so He can do everything God's promised to you. Would you stand to your feet? Those watching online, would you just lean in for a moment? I want to pray that you would have a Holy Spirit encounter, that He would fill you up. He would get your ears open to what God is saying. He gets your eyes and your heart open to what God is showing. And He would begin to lead you to where you're called to be so God can do everything He's desired to do. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone tuning in, everyone in the room, that you love them deeply. You've given every single one of us the gift of salvation. That's the gift of Jesus. But there's also this gift of sanctification, a gift of leadership in our life, a gift of power. That's the Holy Spirit. And God, I thank you that we would not discard the Holy Spirit another moment. Even though we might not have seen you at work in every area of our life, we believe you are at work. Lord, we pray for those spontaneous, out of nowhere, happen in a moment miracles. If they need healing, let them be healed. If they need peace, I speak peace to them. Lord, we thank you for the miracles we cannot see. You have been faithful this year and we're still here. And Lord, we thank you for the miracles that are still around the corner. We will wait with expectation, eyes open, arms extended, ears tuned to heaven. Holy Spirit, position our inside world for all you wanted to do and position us in this world for all you want to do through us. I pray a baptism of the Holy Spirit over every heart, over every life. We receive the gift in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's worship together.